the podcast about all of the stuff that we find cool and interesting as nerds of color. I'm your host, Maria, and I am joined by my co-host, Courtney. Hi. Bitch-ass Eric. Schnarf, schnarf. And the lovely Manira. Guys, today we're going to be talking about rom-coms, but before that... <laughs> I mean, I, hi, guys. I am here. Jesus, you didn't let me say hi. Okay, I wasn't looking at the screen. My bad. See, y'all, this is the problem with still recording in the post-pandemic world. When we used to but you do ain't it hear all me say in hi, person... You ain't hear me say hi? I didn't hear you say hi, and I just kept rolling. Okay, you really did. You that? were like, well... was that? You, well, two out of three ain't bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, in fairness... Manera has been the only gold star student as we have tried to get this recording going for like the last 30 minutes because, well, the fuckery starts before we even hit record. So now that everyone has said hello and apologies again, Manera, we are going to be talking about rom-coms today. But before we do that, I assume Eric is going to give us some news. Yes, no, maybe. Eric, are you doing you doing some news today? Don't we do the news yes. every week? Mm. No, just I don't. Sure, I don't I, like making sure I, like I was okay the, to talk before I don't like Maria the cut, cut of his me jib. off too. You know what? Fuck all y'all. All right, just do the goddamn news. I'll get to it. All right, I got a bunch of renewals and a few cancellations. Actually, more cancellations than renewals. So, I uh, hope you're all emotionally ready for that. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like the way that that sounds for me. Well, uh, I'll do the renewals first. Um, the Peripheral, the Chloe Grace Moretz show at Amazon, has been renewed, which is surprising because I've heard next to no one talk about it. I've heard it's good, but I've heard like no no buzz about it. Yeah, I, I watch like what. <laughs> I watched episodes one and two with my um, stepson and my fiance, and we liked it. My fiance fell asleep, but he wa- when he wasn't asleep, he liked it. Um, so maybe we'll, I mean, it's getting a second season, so we'll jump back in. Yeah, it's, I don't know, Amazon shows, I don't, I never understand because it's not like they release their ratings. They're not like, they're, they're like Netflix where they just, they don't tell you if people are watching or not. They just decide Jeff Bezos wants it or not. Same thing with like, a, I don't know who the fuck watches Bosch, but apparently it's about to get like a ninth season and a spinoff. And I was like, who's watching this old white man? I don't understand the show at all. That one is not my grandparents because they don't know. They can't figure out how to use the prime. So they can only do Netflix. That's the only one that they know how to use. So unfortunately, I can't blame that on this on them. I feel like maybe it is like people's grandparents who got prime, like maybe their kids got them like a fire stick and they hit play to check it out and they just don't know how to stop it. And it's just like repeating episodes of Bosch. That's rude. That makes sense though. I feel like it's the only explanation because I've heard, I've never heard anyone talking about this fucking show ever. Sorry, Bosch people. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. We, I believe we, we might have mentioned it last week. I can't remember the Neil Patrick Harris show Uncoupled. Uh, it was canceled at Netflix and it is being saved by Showtime. Um, I'm so happy. 
happy. They left the first season off on a cliffhanger. First of all, I finished in in an afternoon. But I thought it was very clever. I also very much like the pairing between Neil Patrick Harris and um, Tashina Arnold. I think they are very funny together. And they left it off on a cliffhanger. And I'm like, well, I need I need the end. Like, you can't just leave me with nothing. And now I oh, don't have to be can. left with nothing. <laughs> well, they shouldn't. Yeah, trust me. We, we've got plenty of shows that we have covered that have just been left on cliffhangers because they've decided we don't want this anymore. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say, she's over here capping for this white man getting saved, but little brown people don't get saved. And she's like, oh, no, you don't save it. But now she's like, thank you, Mr. Netflix man. Thank you, Mr. S- who is it? Showtime. Showtime. Showtime man for picking up this white man. Because there was not enough of those. Literally last week, we just had a conversation about how my lesbian vampire and vampire hunter just vanished off the face of the earth. And now I can't have anything. So now I can't know if we ever live happily ever after. Well, that was a Netflix so, show, too. So you can blame Netflix for that one as well. I don't not blame Netflix. But, like, let's not make it seem like Courtney is out here going going up for people. I go up for the brown people, too. And when they need to be saved as well. I feel like we should have had first, to your point, I feel like first kill should have been saved more than I feel this. like that could have made it on um, Freeform. Now that Freeform's yeah, no, done like a rebrand, I feel like Freeform could have saved that and it would have been just as good. It might not have been as sexy, but I think it would have been good. I feel like Freeform lately has been really pushing the line on like, you know, what they can get away with. Because I like I, I watch because you know that and... seven hundred club shows up right promptly yeah. at eleven o'clock and they're like we do not support this but we are grandfathered into this one. Well, they have those <laughs> rules like the 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 FCC rules where like after a certain hour you can get away with different things like you can say shit on on things like Freeform and then of course that doesn't apply to once they get pushed to streaming platforms like Hulu because I watch Grownish and they say shit on there and there's a whole episode about about mm-hmm. herpes a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And, it was very insightful. You know, yeah. You should watch it. Yeah. You know, watch out, world. I'm grown now. I can't bang with Junior. Sorry. the world on me. Yeah. I actually don't mind. He's grown on me because I feel like I like the other cast members. I don't mind him so much. I hate many of the other cast members. Yeah. I hate and his I, whole little crew. All I of brought them. this up to Manira recently. Like, what happened to the, the girl with the gold tooth and the short hair? The I'm assuming yes. slim. Yeah. yeah, I know. However, she, apparently she has like cancer or something. No. Oh, oh yes, she's had it multiple times. This yeah. is, I oh, think, no. her third, either her second or third time that she's had some form of. Like, I hate her cancer or like. But I don't want her lymphoma. to have cancer. Like, yeah, but slim they, they and also, I, I think, are around the same age too. Well, they also like she just disappeared one day, and then they brought in this little. They've never girl. written. She was on there the last season, on on that first part of the season as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Slim. But then, like, Slim and just disappeared Slim's after gone. that episode. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're not wrong. Just but saying. I don't mind the, is Slim a, Slim's a model, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Wasn't it she Fashion Week? Fenty. Wasn't it Fashion Week? But it's is, she a, a, do we, is she a runway model, or is she just a print model? Well, first off, is she is she, she or they? Because I thought she was they, not she. I do apologize if... I'm not. I, I could be wrong. I could I'm be wrong, sure. but I thought that Slim was they. Well, I do apologize if it is they. They are a model, correct? Again, and... not sure of their pronouns, but yeah, I, I I don't know if it's runway or I, I. And you said something about they were on a Fenty thing, right? So that's runway, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, n- no, 
Fenty is not runway. I don't know. I know it's the it's more print than it is runway. But they have like runway shows, right? Yeah, Fenty does. They have one. I thought she was on the runway show. Was she not? Or I didn't see them on the runway show. But I feel like they do other. I feel like they do other houses. No updates on Insta since December. No Mm. word on pronouns. I hope they're okay. Yeah, same. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, another thing that got renewed, which is kind of surprising, but not surprising because um, Ryan Johnson, you know, hasn't had a you know hasn't had a miss yet. Um, Poker Face has been renewed for season two uh, at Peacock with Natasha Leone. I which... have not seen a single episode, but my husband is obsessed with that. That first episode was really good. Yeah. Didn't it's, like the great show. Didn't like that certain people had to get got, but I, I enjoyed the first episode. I will be coming back for the second season. Well, I tell like your it. brother-in-law because he loves it, and he yeah, will I was gonna talk say, your ear off about it. If if Knives Out is based on like Agatha Christie books, like this is based on like Columbo. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I kind of dig it, and I feel like a lot of people were surprised by Natasha Leone, but I was like, a she has a really interesting voice. And B, she kind of has that down-to-earth Peter Falk type vibe that Columbo had. They didn't watch her on Russian Dolls. She was wonderful on Russian exactly. Dolls. And she's just wonderful. In, like, she's been here a while. She's just wonderful in general. She's a good actress. There is no greater movie than But I'm a Cheerleader. And that's all I have to say. Love me some But I'm a Cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. Also, yeah, no, that is a good movie. Uh, it is a, uh, it has been basically cemented as an LGBTQ like a, a must watch. One hundred percent. Moving on, uh, we had a couple of deaths. One, I, I probably should have covered deaths first, which I normally do. Uh, Raquel Welch of One Million BC, um, Fantastic Voyage, The Three Musketeers. Uh, she is dead at eighty-two. Wild. Unfortunately, yeah. I did not know she was alive. I thought she had long passed. I'm so sorry. Hmm. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. I did. I did find it funny. Like I had heard that she had died earlier that day, and then when we went and saw Ant Man and the Wasp at uh, the Alamo, they played the trailer for Fantastic Voyage, and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I forgot about this. She is dead now." Did you know that this in the Survivor by Destiny Child music video, all their costumes were a, uh, like, God, what is the word? homage? Yes, yeah, they're, thank they're you. I'm like, on... what's the word I'm trying to say? Based on her outfit in 10,000 BC, one one okay. million years. BC. You knew what I meant. Thank You're you. a couple hundred thousand years off, but yes. Okay, I'll just die. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, at least die in the correct time period. Eric! I don't like you very much today. You're not being nice to me. Uh, The other death that we got, uh, which is very unfortunate, especially for his age, uh, Dave Joliclear, Joliclear, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but if you probably know him by his name from De La Soul, True Gore the Dove, uh, he has died at 54. Um, And apparently he's had some health issues since around 2018, um, and he had been battling congestive heart failure. So that is very sad because, again, 54 is 
you know, with health advances nowadays, 54 is a spring chicken. So This is now the second native tongue group that I never got a chance to see in concert and was like, yeah, when they do the summer tours, I'm going to go see them. Mm -hmm. And he is gone. That's why I've been, like any concert that pops up, I've been going to because you don't know when people are going to die. I still regret never being able to see the Beastie Boys live. Right. And now I can't. So, you know. Life is a fickle thing. Yeah, it's sad. Um, See people while they're still around if you want to. And just appreciate them while they're here. So that's a bummer. Uh, Moving on. We got some good news. If you are a fan of the recent AI robot movie, Megan, uh, apparently the internet is a fan of it. Uh, They announced that coming to Peacock later this month, um, and also DVD and Blu-ray if you still buy physical media, they are releasing an unrated version, which will have uh, gorier kills and a couple of extra deaths, things like that. Because if you saw it in theaters like I did, you would notice that it's kind of bloodless. Um, for a movie like this, it is a horror movie. There's a couple of kills where, like, and it, it would it was rumored before the movie even released that they had to tone it down a little bit to get the rating they did. But uh, yeah, they are apparently releasing an unrated version coming to Peacock and uh, and Blu-ray. It's coming to Peacock on the 24th of February, so just next week. Um, and you'll be able to buy it on DVD and Blu-ray March 21st. I might watch it. I I enjoy her little dance montage, so. Just throw throw me right on in there. Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to it because I, I watched the the movie and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Then um, my only complaint was like, oh, okay, for a horror movie, it's you know relatively bloodless. Um, there's there's literally like only like two kills where you actually see any blood, and even then, you can tell that it was toned down. So I'm into it. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, moving on. This one is related to actually last week's topic of uh, Nepo Babies. We have a new Nepo Baby on the rise. Um, The daughter of M. Night Shyamalan, Ashana Night Shyamalan, is making her feature directorial debut uh, with The Watchers for New Line Cinema. Uh, She apparently also directed a couple of episodes of his show Servant on Apple TV. Servant is good and very slept on. I've heard. Um, I believe that's also where the the collaboration of M. Night Shyamalan and Rupert Grint from uh, Harry Potter came about because he's also in in uh, Knock at the Cabin Door. My Juan Juan is on Servant. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. His. I don't understand why they decided to make him from Boston in Knock at the Cabin Door. His uh, his Boston accent not great. It's a decent leave, American accent. You leave like, Juan Juan alone. <laughs> for a character that's supposed to be from Boston, I was expecting him to come in and be like, ah, we got to stop this. We're trying to say the word here, aren't we? And he doesn't do any of that. He's just like, I'm from America. I'm, I'm not Ron. Who is that? Him, much like Tom Hardy, they get a pass. Tom Hardy, like his New Jersey accent, even though he's not supposed to be from New Jersey, is very New Jersey. So... Moving on. Um, hey, hey, hey. What? Before you move on, remember in the beginning you said that you were going to give us some cancellations and some renewals? Yeah. It sounded... Did you give us all of them? Uh, no, I got one more cancellation. Okay. All right. Just um, just checking. Yeah, no. If you were a fan of the very... And this one's not shocking because also I didn't hear any buzz about it. 
Um, the Hugh Laurie sci-fi comedy on HBO Avenue 5 has been canceled after two seasons. Yeah, that upset me real bad because I was the noise. I was talking about it, but nobody else was. They took so long to like bring it back. Yeah, HBO is all over the place with their renewals. And again, not surprising to any of us who has been watching anything on HBO recently. Um, I know they, they had issues with COVID delays from the first season, um, which sucks because the show is good and it's funny. It's a big ensemble cast featuring people like um, Zach Woods and, and Jessica St. Clair, Hugh Laurie, Josh Gad. Um, uh, what's his name? Who plays Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, Jean Raffio. Um, Jason Tumekis? No. No. Uh, Ralphio. Oh, I don't know his name, but I can see him. He's... Oh, wait, no, no. You know what? I'm I'm confusing him with Zach Woods from Silicon Valley. They're both kind of tall, lanky guys, but like, yeah, no. Um, yeah, if you know who I'm talking about, then you know who I'm talking about, but I'm not talking about that guy, if that makes sense. Anyway, that's canceled, so I hope you enjoyed it for the two seasons you got. Maybe Amazon will pick it up. I feel like it is kind of in their wheelhouse. Yes, but it also seems like it's a bit of an expensive show to produce. Because, again, it's a big sci-fi show that takes place on a spaceship. It's very much like Wally, but like the human side of it. So, again. I'm sad. It was good. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully HBO leaves it on the platform and doesn't just strip it away like they've done a lot of things lately. So, a lot of hopes. Not a lot of hope. If that makes sense. Anyway, uh, more cancellations. Well, those are the renewals. Now I'm, I'm in the cancellations. Um, Disney, uh, Bob Iger came through. And uh, I, I'll get into the why of some of this in a minute. But uh, Disney Plus, they have canceled the John Stamos show, uh, The Big Shots. Or is it just Big Shots? Yeah, Big Shot. Um, which is about John Stamos hosting a um, kids basketball team, a, a girls, girls basketball team. Um, that has been canceled after two seasons. Uh, m- more surprisingly, but not surprisingly, because I watched the second season and it wasn't as good as the first, uh, they've also canceled the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which is the one with, um, what is her name? Lor- Lauren Graham from... Yeah. From Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls, yeah. Uh, the first season had Emilio Estevez and they had a whole episode where they reunited some of the older Ducks... Um, outside of Joshua Jackson, because apparently he's busy doing Pacey stuff. Um, being a husband. And yeah, being, being a husband. Uh, and season two, they started strong, uh, even though Emilio Estevez did not return for the second season. I believe it was a contract dispute. Um, he wanted some of that money. He wanted some of that Disney money. Uh, but they started strong by bringing back the Bash Brothers for one episode, for one scene. And they kept mentioning, you know, they kept teasing that they were going to bring back more people. And they didn't. They just like brought in the real Mighty Ducks from Anaheim. And I was like, I don't care about these people. I've never seen them in a movie. I know that they're a real team. Don't care. Where's Where's Joshua Jackson? Bring back Foggy from fucking Daredevil. Nope. Okay. Well, this is canceled now. They they tried to swap in Josh Dumel as the love interest outside of Gordon Bombay, and it did not work. So that has been canceled. Not to mention they also didn't bring back half the kids from the first season. First of all, how can you, okay, how can you not pay Gordon his money? Yeah. Don't understand that. <laughs> Appa- apparently they thought that uh, What's-Her-Name from Gilmore Girls would have been a bigger draw 
than the star of the original series. Right. Like, no. Secondly, how could you mess up? Have Like, all you had to do was have the kids be the kids of the original Mighty Ducks. And you can, like just have them passing through like one of them is really busy running a corporation and their kid wants to learn about their parents so they're following in their slip in their shoes like the kids could be passing through as adults but we're connected to these other kids because they belong to said mighty ducks like i don't understand it's it's written for you i don't understand why you had to do extra shit well, they also screwed it up by not like like I understand having new kids. It makes sense, and in the first season, they make sense of how they like link the two together. Uh, in the second season, they go across the country to Anaheim to like a, a a a camp, you know, like those summer camps where you like to to go and work on your skills. Babes, and it's Mighty Ducks too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but like I was like, you have the perfect in right now to bring back some of the other people if you're gonna go. And have them go to the real Mighty Ducks. You could have some of the kids from the original movies, like say that now they either played professional hockey or they work for the Ducks now. I was expecting, like you guys went to California, bring back Kenan Thompson's character, who was from California, and just be like, oh yeah, I work for the Ducks now, and I played a little bit. Just have and one, just having the the Kenan Thompson. The guy is a fucking legend. He literally holds the record for the longest uh, longest performer on Saturday Night Live right now, and he's Kenan fucking Thompson. Get in there. And they had the audacity to steal the knuckle puck move and be like, oh, yeah, one of our players used it. Why not bring in fucking Keenan Thompson for one episode and have him show the kids the knuckle puck? I would have stayed for a third season. That's all I needed. Nope, they didn't do that. They were just like, oh, yeah, somebody did it. It was that kid in that picture up there. Did you see the little chubby black kid? He did the knuckle puck. Now you guys can do the knuckle puck. Didn't work. Anyway. This wasn't thought out very well. No. And you can tell because it's fucking canceled. Um but that goes on to the other thing of Bob Iger. And um, Bob Iger, if you didn't know, was the former CEO of Disney Entertainment um, and Disney Parks for a very long time. He swapped out um, in 2015, I believe, and Bob Chapek came in. Bob Chapek was recently fired, and they brought back Bob Iger again. Um, and everyone was happy because under Bob Iger's tutelage, we got the MCU. Uh, he's the one who also got rid of Ike Perlmutter, who was the head of Marvel Studios originally. He was also famously kind of sexist and didn't believe characters like Black Widow could hold their own movies and just wanted the women characters um, and minorities kind of moved to the back. So if you didn't know, there's a bit of behind-the-scenes drama with some uh, investors into Disney, one of them being a corporate raider who, from the 80s and 90s who basically built his money by going into companies that were failing, stripping them, bringing them back into profit, and then selling them off. So he, uh, I forget the gentleman's name, but he's a shitbag. He, uh, when Disney stock went down a bit late last year, right before they brought back Bob Iger, he bought $900 million worth of stock to make himself a very big member and nominated himself to the board. And now he is threatening to uh, a bunch of different changes at Disney if they don't cut costs and things like that. So now Bob Iger has to go in and start slashing shit left and right. So if you have a Disney Plus show that ain't popping, it's gone. If you have a, an idea for a Marvel movie that was on the table and it's not already in pre-production, it's probably going to be gone soon. Um, and now Kevin Feige has come out and, and said that, you know, maybe we have too many Marvel TV shows 
Um, but I think more so, not so much that, that they have too many, is that they were coming out in too rapid of a succession. So he made comments recently that um, they're probably going to stay, uh, you know, space them out a bit more so that people don't have to rush to get through one to be able to watch the newest movie. Um, if you listen to next week's episode where we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, we'll talk a bit about that and some of the connections between things like the Loki show. But yeah, there's a lot of behind the scenes drama going on at Marvel Disney right now, thanks to some shitbird investors. I do think that they are leaving money on the table, them being Marvel, because like the December, January time, there was nothing. I mean, I guess that gave us a respite, but I wanted at least something like I know we had the Guardians Christmas but that only wetted my whistle. Like, I really wanted something to be watching and that was so cute. during that time. It really was. And I wanted something to watch during that time. And I don't, I mean, I guess we also had, like, the Groot, um, like, Groot shorts. But those were, like, little bite-sized bits. Yeah. So, and listen, they could have been Not longer long for, for me. <laughs> right. I just, I don't. I just I feel like there's money like being left on the table and I know that like I'm not a CEO so I don't really know how things work but I feel like I am a consumer and I know that I'm willing to pay money and I'm willing to get my eyeballs on something and I don't have anything to look at so I just I feel like that's kind of stupid I don't know I don't know maybe that's just I think it makes sense like you said from a business perspective because the at the end of the day, if you oversaturate the market with Marvel stuff, you're not going to get the numbers on any one thing the way that you would do if you kind of like it, you know, choke the 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 supply so to speak. You know, it, it's straight up supply and demand. If we don't drop, if we drop four shows this year instead of ten shows this year, then when we drop the two movies, people are going to be so hungry for more Marvel they'll come out. Whereas if we drop the ten shows people may or may not come for the movies or they won't come as much because maybe they're superheroed out. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, um, I know a couple of people who are like at this point, like I'm just so like, I feel like they're giving us the same thing over and over again. Like there's so much of it. Yeah. It also doesn't help that you have, I think it's bullshit, but well, you you also have DC also competing and the general public knows that DC and Marvel are two different things. But at the same time, like if every other release is a superhero release, you're building up to something of a, of a bit of a superhero fatigue, especially mm-hmm. one, the public is getting, can, can get a little tired. And I know it doesn't apply to anyone on this show. I, I will watch everything they put out, but at the same time, every like, single thing, uh, it, it, it is nice to have a breather to be able to go back like when the original phase one came out you're like oh okay i just gotta go back and watch these four movies i'm gonna watch those four movies three more times and then go see avengers um now you have to watch 24 movies before the next movie comes out not including there's the shows. so much like yeah. manira makes fun of me for this all the time i will watch it and then i will never watch it again like but like manira she'll watch it multiple times i haven't watched endgame since i left that movie theater I can't. There's just so much stuff like to catch up yeah. on, and I mean, and there's such like a between some of these releases, there's so much time has passed. So I'm like, well, what does this connect to? Like we saw Ant Man. I was like, I couldn't even tell you what happened in the last Ant Man. I have I no turned idea. To you, I, I turned no to her. I was like, remember? And she's and I was like, like, no, no, babes. Remember? I only watched it once. One time. I'm done. I'm done. I can't. I can't. I can't. There's so many things that I just haven't gone back i haven't watched that guardians of the galaxy special holiday is over 
haven't watched that. Didn't finish I Am Groot. I, there's just so many things that I just, like, have to fall by the wayside. I just don't have time. I don't have time. It also doesn't help when, and this is not, well, it is kind of a criticism, but some of Phase 4, specifically, has not been as as rememberable as Ooh, some of the stuff from it. 3 and, and up. And, like, we've seen Ant-Man. I have a couple of criticisms. It is a step in the right direction, but it is still, they're falling back on some of the things that, um, I didn't enjoy about things like Thor, Love and Thunder, but we'll get into that next week. Um, but yeah, the, it, you know, slow it down. Quality over quantity is, is what I'm saying for Marvel. Um, and I know they're also trying to fix things at the Disney parks because they, they had a lot of investors complaining because Disney parks increased prices like twice last year, things like that. And they've also recently put out the Avengers campus, which is very expensive to run. But I feel like superheroes are here to stay for a while. You and just gotta gotta space them out. Um, with that said, though, we did also get the news uh, and a, a fun little poster. The Brie Larson led, but kind of you know um, ensemble film, The Marvels, aka Captain Marvel Two, uh, has shifted from July twenty eighth of this year to November tenth. Uh, so. We got a poster showing, you know, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel and what I'm assuming, well, Photon, but I'm assuming she might take on the name Blue Marvel at some point. Um, all three are in the poster, so it looks really good. But yeah, they, they announced it yesterday that they're shifting the the release to November, which can be a good thing or a bad thing. I've heard a lot of people making rumors that the, the production was kind of troubled, even though when you see all the behind the scenes stuff with all three of them, they all seem like the best friends in the world. Um and I feel like it's just a, a way for the internet to complain about a women-led movie directed by Nia DaCosta, who did, you know, Candyman. So it's just the internet will will be very misogynistic when it comes to female-led superhero films. Look what they did for Black Widow. What? Question. Really? Do you think they moved it because Barbie was supposed to re- is releasing on the same date and they didn't want competition? Because that's what I think, and I wouldn't have wanted to choose between two babies. Because I'm gonna you don't have to choose, baby. Do a back-to-back um, viewing and keep it moving. That's true. <laughs> However, all day in the movie. I don't know that I like all day yeah, in the so movie personally. That's just me. Oh, I feel so like- you didn't go to see Lord of the Rings in the movie theater. We hello, man. We've been we've been in the movies when it was bright and early, and then when it got real dark, and you're like, my whole day. But that was a good movie. Like. I, I will go to a back-to-back movie if I mm-hmm. want to support what I want to support. And I want them to know, oh, I like both of these things. Don't get it twisted. Well, again, as someone who did an, uh, a seven-movie marathon back in October, like back-to-back-to-back to, like, um, some of us are, are more equipped for this. And nothing against Courtney, but maybe she wants a nap in between movies. Um, sometimes, especially Marvel movies, Marvel movies be He said you a sleepy bitch. Do you not enjoy a nap from time to time? Not all of us are, are not built you to enjoy sit in a movie a nap theater, sometimes? Like... I do. But I'm saying, not all of us are, are equipped so to be in the movie for four slander hours. slander today. I, my, my, I was my, trying to help you out. I was like, you know, sometimes you, just told you don't want to take America the whole day in the movie. And the world that I'm an old ho. fucking That's lady. That's what it sounded like. I'm not saying you're an old lady. I'm just saying a nap a is nice. Host, Courtney, that's what he did. He, he did, did say you that bitch be sleepy. She be always sleeping. Whatever. Then then go take a nap, grandma. Anyway, what the they hell? moved that to no <laughs> What's wrong with you? They moved Check that yourself. to November and Disney also pushed up the release of the new Haunted Mansion um 
we'll take the spot at, at the beginning of August. So now it's coming no. August 11th. We didn't need a new one. Uh, well, if you remember the last one with Eddie Murphy, this should be an improvement. I like that one. And so y'all aren't going to get on here and and slander that Haunted Mansion movie with that pretty lady that I've never seen I wasn't ever slandering. again. It's I was just saying that we didn't Eric. need it another You're one. not going to oh, get on oh, here got and it, got slander it, okay. Haunted Mansion. That was a good oh, movie. Oh, I'll slander the fuck out of that shit. was trash. God, you... Ooh. All right. Hey, speaking, right along. speaking of more Marvel news... Um, we got the news from Kevin Feige again that Marvel is in the early development stages of a Spider-Man 4. Tom Holland's Spider-Man 4. Um, not to be confused with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 4 that never is came that, to be. Is that really news? Is anybody surprised by that? Uh, no, especially being that you know it is the first pandemic, post-pandemic release from Disney Marvel that crossed a billion dollars worldwide. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's more of a... It's more news because the way they ended Spider-Man 3 kind of left it open to interpretation. Um, but, it, it, you know, we still know in the MCU that Spider-Man exists. Uh, and I think more it's news because of the Sony deal. Mm. Like, they still have to work with Sony to, to get anything they need done. Because Sony, no matter how much money Marvel offers them, they won't give the rights back. And that's because they're still trying to make this villain universe work. Because Venom was successful, but nothing else that they've put out has been... Um, I don't know if you've heard of a, a little movie, uh, Morbius. Um, <laughs> if you were really into to you know Morbin time, I'm so into Morbin time. Yeah, you're that not, one. You're not into Morbin time. No, uh, Sony apparently did not realize how trolling works and let the entire internet troll them into re-releasing Morbius not once but twice in theaters because uh, the internet got the the hashtag It's Morbin time. Uh, like it trending, so they were like, "Oh, people must really like this." And fucking idiots. Apparently, Sony does not hire anyone under the age of forty, and they don't know how trolling on the internet works. Uh, we also still have uh, El Mur- El Muerte coming out with Bad Bunny, and we also have Craven the Hunter with Aaron Taylor Johnson coming out. Uh, again, more Spider-Man villains, but not Spider-Man. And if you watched Morbius, you would also know that uh, the Vulture is now in that universe because Michael Keaton was just like, yeah, fuck it. I'll do it. I have. I have a question. Maria, did you know that there's a rumor that Bad Bunny was seen yes! Uh, yes! making out with Kendall Jenner? The streets are not happy. Your no. your thoughts? No. no. The streets are Benito? not happy. That's my thoughts. Benito, are you serious? Which which With one? That? Is Kendall, oh, Jenner. Kendall is the model. She's the one that likes is the NBA the tall players. bitchiest one from what I understand. Mm-hmm. They kind of all look the same to me, they say except that for the one that like... used to look like Frankenberry and now doesn't look like Frankenberry. I don't think Kendall don't talk about is like, like that. She horrible that. to like service people. Like they say like she is like saving the worst. Yeah. Benito, Benito. I have to send you. He this. said, "But them lips Hold were on. kissable, I'm, mommy." I'm about I do to send apologize. You guys this fucking TikTok I saw the other day, and I cracked up. You guys are gonna laugh your asses off. That no, has nothing Benito, to do. With no. It. Well, while you do that, um, eso no es mejorando la raza, my guy. Like, leave that alone. Yuck. He said, "No, I have, I have lips, and lips are for kissing. Lips are for kissing. Lips are for kissing." Y'all know that song, Lips for Kissing? Anyway, Feige also confirmed that uh, Deadpool 3 is in pre-production uh, with screenwriters Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. 
Uh, and it, it will be the first MCU film to be rated R. Confirmed. And it also reunites uh, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman in the role of Wolverine. So I'm assuming some multiverse fun will be happening there. I can't wait to get the book that talks about like this time period in Marvel because it feels like Feige's like, I got to get this. I got to get this. and pre- like, I, I got to get these things. I don't want those fans upset with me. And I want my like my thread to actually make sense. Like I got to get these things in production and make it work. Like I promised a lot. Yeah. I, again, quality over quantity at this point, because you, you run the, the risk of oversaturating the market. And if anyone who has read Marvel comics knows that when you do big event things, they, they need to have some weight, but it doesn't help when you do a big event book twice a year. And that's right. one of the things that, like Marvel and DC Comics runs into where like if this big event book changes something in the whole universe, you can't come back six months later and do another big event book and expect it to have the same impact. At a point, people are going to get tired of it, which is why comic book sales go through these gigantic slumps. And if it weren't right now for the movie popularity, people wouldn't be reading comic books as much because they want to know about these characters. Or you can just be like me and you wait, you know, six months after the event book and get the trade and then you find out what all the fuss was about, and you spend half the amount because uh, I don't know if you know, but comic book single issues are like five, six bucks a piece. It is ridiculous. Anyway, uh, Feige also stepped up and uh, gave us some some reassurance that the uh, Mahershala Ali Blade film will begin filming. Well, will resume filming uh, later this year, and the the uh, Jan Damage has stepped up to helm the vampire movie, and apparently they have done a lot of work to to try and fix it after the original director uh bassam Tariq left so listen much like black panther i got a gun to feige's head on this one you better do right by one blade and one mahersha ali don't fuck it up don't fuck it up well we we already had him pop up at the end of the eternals which um the future of the Eternals is kind of in jeopardy. There's no word on if they're making a sequel to that. Uh, I feel like if any project were to kind of get slashed at this point or maybe get something of an extended hiatus, kind of like It'll they did the with Eternals, Doctor Strange. Which yeah, is a remember, shame. It should have been Thor. Like, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It should have been Thor. People didn't understand the Eternals, but we need them. It should be fucking Thor. We shouldn't have had that shit that we had. I do apologize. I'm so Oof. sorry. I'm so sorry. That was I shit. We didn't wrong. have to have you're it. Yeah, we didn't have to have it. Sorry, sorry Taika. I do apologize with your mediocre wife. So sorry. So Ooh. sorry. She's mediocre. Everybody knows that. And I like some of her songs. She's mediocre as fuck. Who's his Not the party. Rita Ora. The party yeah, and they, bullshit. That was my jam. They apparently she, married in How we do. That was a banger. Um, they had a very small wedding and they are official. Was it a secret once we saw the, the threesome? It wasn't a secret well, to me. She mentioned that they didn't like make it public. Anyway, um, that yeah. threesome was public, but okay. And she Feige. was wearing a wedding ring, like she had a ring on her wedding finger, and they were at the carpet together, like babes. And she's previously never been married to anyone, but he's previously been married. So, mm-hmm. madam, what were you doing? You weren't doing anything but trying to drum up some business for your again mediocre career. She could be mediocre if she wants to be. I mean, I'm sure she doesn't want to be, but she is. Oof. 
what? She was in Fast and Furious. Anyway. Baby. Listen, you said Rita Ora, and for a second, I was like, who? I had to think about it. So, right. Mm. Were you like the rest of us? Were you like, what, you mean them fancy rings that track your sleep? I don't know what those are. Anyway, um, Feige also stepped up and, like, he made a lot of, of comments basically talking about how he's very pleased with how uh, things are shaping up for Harrison, Ro- for Harrison Ford, who's taking over the role of Thunderbolt Ross in uh, Captain America New World Order, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Anthony Mackie's Captain America. But I want to hear from Harrison that he's happy to be there because if he's not happy to be there, he's going to be a fucking curmudgeon the whole way. I mean, he will. But if that's the kind curmudgeon of comes hire. across on screen, it's fine. Yeah. And you kind of need him. That's what we want that. out of our yeah. yeah. You need that for yeah. Thunderbolt Ross. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, this is a little concerning. Um, he also mentioned that right now, Disney and Marvel have not announced plans for a second season of either Moon Knight or Miss Marvel. Um, but he has said that there are plans, there are future plans for those characters moving forward. Uh, we X, all know Miss Marvel X. will show up in the Marvels. Uh, but yeah, we don't know anything about uh, Moon Knight. I think we should just prep ourselves to say goodbye because that doesn't feel optimistic. Yeah. I need then if we're saying goodbye when she's in different movies, I need everybody else to be in there as well. I do apologize, but I loved that whole family. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Bring the whole bring the whole fucking neighborhood with us. Mm-hmm. I I'm so sorry. And I'll address the I'll address him later with Moon Knight. Well, I feel like Moon Knight's future would be is less certain, but Miss Marvel, I think they have to let the Marvels come out before they decide what they're doing with the character. And I'm assuming that the Marvels would lead directly into that. Again, Miss Marvel is very much a street level hero, much like Moon Knight, but you got to let them set that up. Whereas Moon Knight was just like, this is the end of the season. Maybe we make another one. Maybe we don't. Um, I preferably would, would enjoy another one. I would like to see him. If they're not going to make another season, then I need him to show up in Blade. Yep. That's yeah. I, I need say. him and and uh, Werewolf by Night yeah, to show up in Blade. One hundred and ten percent. Just give just give us the whole group. Yeah, I don't understand why we're. Uh, or I've already ran it. Or save them all. Like give us Blade. Have Moon Knight pop up at the end, or Werewolf by Night, and then have them all show up in Doctor Strange three, and have Doctor Strange three be Midnight Suns. Bum. I mean, just did your I mean, job listen, for you, Feige. Can't listen, be worse than I'm okay time. with that because at least he's part of that group, so that makes sense. Unlike you know, Doctor Strange two, which was just I don't know why Wanda is over here catching strays, but I'd appreciate it if you <laughs> listen, wouldn't if you listen, wouldn't bring my Wanda, queen into it. Thank Wanda's you so much. Thank you so much. She took over a fucking movie that she had no business being in at all. She we had all the had, business being in it. I do apologize, baby. <laughs> Doctor Strange 2 without Wanda in it. No, she's she's got to be in and, it. And I'm you so could have just made a Wanda movie. I have no problem with Wanda's movie. I'm just upset that Wanda's movie was called Doctor Strange. It's the first Doctor Strange movie I loved. <laughs> there Mistakes were made on surprise. both sides with the production of Doctor Strange 2. Um, someone also should have reined in Sam Raimi a little bit. But, uh, like, yeah. Uh, it's a decent movie. Um, Unlike Thor Love and Thunder, which is less likable than redeemable. Doctor Strange 2 has many redeemable moments. Um, I agree with Maria, but I also disagree with Maria because I feel like Wanda's story needed to come to an end, but also it shouldn't have taken up so much of the Doctor Strange story. 
Like if they were going to do that, then the movie should have been should have been maybe 20 minutes longer. And I know some people aren't into that. Um, But again, with everything that happens in Ant-Man and the Wasp and the way that Doctor Strange ends, expect more things and expect Marvel to use the term multiverse and incursion a lot in the coming years. Hey, you're you're spoiling a lot for someone who hasn't seen it yet. So maybe just shush. Again, if you've seen Doctor Strange, too, you know what's coming. No, I know, but maybe like shush. You, you shush. There's some Don't people. <laughs> there's just some people who haven't seen it. It's not me. Yeah, some I've people. Me. It. I am right. It's some people who haven't seen it. But also, thank shush. you. Mm-hmm. Again, you don't even have to see the movie to know multiverses. They've been saying them for for a year and a half yeah. now. Um. Yeah, and I, I, I debated if I want to step into. Let's dip a toe into Scumbag Alley. But you know what? I'll save this for next week because it's directly related to Ant Man and the Wasp. So when we get there, just know uh, someone on the production of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is uh, they're floating in the waters of scumbaggery. So but other than that, I, I'm done here with the news. Uh, we'll, we'll let uh, we'll let Courtney do her thing. That was a lot of news, babe. I comes correct. You didn't even talk about Rihanna and the baby. I, I Eric doesn't Rihanna. care. Yeah, <laughs> Eric, do you know any Rihanna songs? Do you know any songs about Rihanna? Uh, the one about umbrellas. I know that one's a song. I know the Shirani songs. I know Shirani. You do know Shirani. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the only ones I know, and I know that she apparently performed at the Super Bowl on a Super Smash Brothers level, and that she had a baby or is having another baby. I thought you were going to bring up the knowing, Smash Brothers one. You you know a lot. I saw the memes. I was like, yeah, it definitely does look like a Super Smash it Brothers does, level. It did look like a Smash level. But, I mean, who else was performing a whole ass show for the Super Bowl halftime while also being clearly, like, close to middle of the second trimester pregnant? Yeah, we, we, woman, we look about flower, five, four or five right? months. Not having a baby. Four or five. Not... I said six. She's at least six months pregnant. I was trying to give her. I was trying <laughs> to give her the benefit of the doubt because we don't know, like, we don't know how good that baby's eaten. Yeah, say not everyone's pregnancy body like evolves the same. Like I've seen some women who don't even look pregnant and they're fucking eight months pregnant, but some that are like three months and they look like they're ready to drop. Okay, well my vote is that she's probably going to have a Gemini. No, I believe the internet also, uh, you know, commented that there's a reason that the gentleman's name is ASAP because apparently he was right back to work. Yeah, because I don't think you're supposed to be doing it. Like the the, fir- the first baby's only nine you months. I don't think you're supposed I to be doing it that the... quickly. I think island. I think island doctor medicine is different from the oh, the way that oh, we is that, is that what it is? Yeah, because they're 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 both from the from the islands. Well, I believe the the technical Girl, term would be nothing. Irish twins, where right, like one is nine sure months is. after the other. Him keeping his little mm, giving that just let it cool down, bro. Let it. He's, he's trying to lock it down. Like I need to make sure that I I am taken care of for the rest of my life with this billionaire. I'm gonna. There's gonna be connected. (laughs) Yep. Two two babies makes it easier than than one. I'm gonna. I'm I'm getting paid off this Fenty money. I don't have to work again ever. Which you know, dark. He released an album. Red red lipstick. Nobody have said that you didn't like that, but okay. Wait, what? To to clarify, she's talking about ASAP Rocky, not not me. He said that Crying. he doesn't like when he doesn't like wear dark skin lipstick. women. Yeah, but he loves her because you know she is light skin. But she, <laughs> she's very light skin. Yeah, she light bright, but 
her her makeup has been her makeup has historically been very friendly with the hey you're a darker complexion this color is great for you any color is great for you bitch wear whatever the fuck you want to wear right just saying i want to get some of that uh i know she has like a men's line now give me some of them fancy underwear we want you to get some of those underwear yeah and uh, robe and stuff Mm-hmm. Her her men's line stuff is really really cute. Also, quite a bit of it is unisex. So like, I have like the smoking jacket, and I think like it's <gasps> also for men. It's super cute. It's very comfy. Not if, but not like don't bend over basically. <laughs> oh, or absolutely bend over. Yeah, you don't don't put you. the restrictions on him. You bend over right. if you want to, sir. King. <laughs> you bend over if you want to, King. I've been doing over, a lot of squats. I guess, so I gotta, want. you know, <laughs> doing what I'm doing. The, the, them things be thinging, as they say. Not them things be thinging. Eric, right, absolutely not on the podcast. Yep. That's, right. that's what the internet tells me to say. I'm, Wrap it I'm up. Cool. <laughs> Wrap it how up. Do you do? How do you do, fellow young people? Oh, no. Okay. All right. We're done with that fuckery. Guys, the definition of a romantic comedy is a movie or a play that deals with love in a light and humorous way. And today we're going to be talking about these light and humorous uh, movies. Although, I don't know, sometimes they are light and humorous, but they be punching you right in the feels. So I feel like that definition can be a little deceiving. But, you know, Courtney is the queen of rom-coms and self-proclaimed the supreme (laughs) and the self-proclaimed authority on all things rom-com so we thought that we would give her her flowers and let her shine today she kind of helps us come to terms with talk through figure out what it is that we love about rom-coms so Courtney, I am going to hand the baton over to you darling and let you do your thing okay hi So the first question (laughs) that I had that I just kind of, I think will kind of tell me where every, how everybody kind of feels about the subject is like, for you, what makes a good, like romantic comedy, romantic comedy? So for me, I wrote that I think that it should be like mostly lighthearted, like not too like heavy material. Um, I think it should, like, teach a lesson, air quote, air quote, but I think that the tone should be mostly, like, lighthearted. Um, I think one of your main characters needs to be flawed. Like, I, two perfect people, to me, don't make a good romantic comedy. That, like, I can't, like, there's just nothing to kind of make me root for you or hate you or want you to be better if at least one of you is not flawed. Um, and I think I just need, like, the nice true love conquers all trope at the end like I like it like tied neatly with a bow I don't love when the romantic comedy is like ambiguous like one that I think that comes to mind is it's the movie with Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling why can't I think of what it's called not punch drug love what is it crazy stupid love yes I think of that often I don't know that that is a good movie to me but I don't know that I would consider that like a romantic comedy I think, like, the tone is a little heavy sometimes, 
But, oh, and Meneer's making a face, so she must love that fucking movie. That's on her list. But this is just my opinion and, like, to me, what makes a good romantic comedy for me. So, like, what do you guys, when you're watching a romantic comedy, or if you're not watching a romantic comedy, like, what is it that to, would make it good for you? Or what would, what are the qualities that would make it a good movie for you? Don't everyone jump up at once. <laughs> well, no, I was thinking about that. Um, and I want to see if anybody else um, spoke up, but I think I think that some of the things that I like are similar to you. Um, but I think the biggest the biggest difference is is that I like I like romantic comedies that are either super silly or that almost toggle the line of being a drama, but they're not. Um, because to your point, Courtney, I think that that's normally when in those two extremes is normally where you get the most you get the you get the best iteration of flawed of like one of the people in the relationship being flawed yeah. like i feel like when they sit kind of in the middle like it's not as clear but when they're in one of those two extremes like either super funny like there's something about mary or something like that right or a little bit more serious like uh silver Linings playbook for example like i know it's supposed to be a drama but it's pretty much a rom-com to me because there is drama but there are also lots of funny parts mm -hmm. in the movie and i think that you get the best flawed characters that are showing you how to truly work through love mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of my take okay eric Manier, what say you it it really depends on like the if i like romantic comedies but I hate like the forced romantic comedies, like the Hallmark movies. Um, I know that's not a popular opinion. It's my opinion. I think those are terrible movies because you kind of see all the twists and turns coming a mile away. You can write the script uh, with like one of those like AI chat bots and like and you're done. done. Yeah. Yeah. Someone has done that literally. And it's like imperceivable from a real Hallmark romantic comedy, especially when it comes to the holiday ones. And mm -hmm. it's like, those I'm a are big a... city lawyer, and I got trapped because my plane got delayed. And oh, oh my no, God, I hate there's this guy so on the much. side of the road who seems rude, oh. but he picked me up, and oh, maybe he's got a heart of gold. I personally believe that you have to suspend your like sense of logic for holiday movies because like there's just no way. Like, okay, I watched the one with Lindsay Lohan and Cordover Street from Glee. There's no way that she's just falling down this fucking side of the fucking like ski mountain. And, like, nobody finds her. Nobody's looking for her. Nobody puts out, like, an APB on, on the heiress. Yeah. Like, White you know woman I mean? missing. White woman missing. Like, right. like, it's just not, like, you have to just kind of suspend your disbelief in those instances. But I can understand why, like, that is very jarring for someone. Like, you want people to have, like, a, you should have chemistry. You gotta cut your brain off. Like, it, suspending belief I don't, is I don't want to cut, cut my the brain, brain off. You literally have to cut your brain off for those types of movies. Like, yeah. Rom-coms. They're, again, they're just, if, they're, if you're into ugh. that and that's your jam, go for it. Like, again, I don't like to tell anyone what to like or what not to like. It's not for me. Personally, um, and this one might be a little bit of a weird one, I enjoy movies like Clueless. Um, the original Clueless, not to be confused Absolutely. with the terrible show. You know what's funny? We have after. a section for our favorites, but this is a good segue, so keep going. Yeah, no, uh, like movies like Clueless where you're introduced to your main character who is deeply flawed and like mm -hmm. blind to normal things. 
kind of an idiot, especially, you know, based on the, the premise of the, the title. She is clueless. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the, the main romantic subplot of Clueless doesn't come around until, like, the last half hour with yep. Paul Rudd's character. But you see her going through these other relationships and, like, her figuring out and growing as a person. Like, oh, I don't like this. Oh, this guy right. is clearly gay, but I don't see it. You know, oh, my friends are in this relationship and this works for them, but it doesn't work for me. Uh, there's learning there and it makes more sense. And it's also really funny. Yeah. Um, and the less we say about Stacey Dash, the better. But I, I feel like Clueless is a perfect example of a romantic comedy. Just, you know, and it, it's a time capsule film because it, it feels very early 90s. Mm-hmm. So, again, not a fan of the Hallmark style. But, you know, if you can give me something that will make me laugh and like see actual, you know, points as I go through the movie, that's what I'm into. You need character growth. Like, you need to see, exactly. like, a start, growth. a middle, a end. I don't like, especially when it comes to, like, those, you know, and again, Hallmark, and I forgot the other channel that does these movies every year, but, like... Lifetime? Yeah, I don't like the immediate, like, 180 that happens <laughs> with Veneer's, these characters. Oh, look at Veneer's face. Like, y'all don't come. Do not come for Hallmark. It doesn't seem... Like, that's like, what her there's a time and a place. My time is November. My place is on my couch. I want to veg out with those holiday movies. I don't watch them in December. I watch them in November because that is when I want to feel the way that I feel like, Oh, they're getting together. Oh, that's really cute. Do I know that it's forced 110%, but that's what I like to do in November. I don't watch it any other time. I save them. I even put them on my DVR. If I'm like, Ooh, that sounds like it's interesting because they do it for every holiday. I put that on my DVR and then I sit there and I watch it. And me and one of my friends, we have a love of Hallmark and um, Lifetime movies. We watch it and we say, Hey, did you watch this one? This is kind of cute. I think they really have chemistry and I would love to see them go and do X, Y, and Z over Manira, here. Is, is your friend, my husband, any chance that I can not confirm, confirm or, deny. or deny. Yeah, because I just kept walking out the room. Yes. I'd walk in the room, look, and be like, nope. I don't, I don't want to have to have a time of year to watch a type of movie like that. Like, I understand the appeal well, you don't of have them. have to, but that's when I do it. Like, I, I'm not saying that, like, that's something that someone should do. I'm just saying that the I'm glad that they have them on at this time because that's when I want to be able to watch them. Potato, tomato. Um, yeah, no, I, I prefer movies that I can watch whenever I'm in a certain type of mood. Like if, or if I'm just scrolling through TV and, and if I'm scrolling through and like 10 Things I Hate About You is on TV, I'm going to sit down and watch it because it's just a, a really good movie. And I know Coded. before someone, you know, someone can, comes in and is like, well, actually, it's based on Taming of the Shrew. Like based on these nuts. I'll watch mm. the movie. Shut up. <laughs> you have just named two uh Shakespeare movies though, because what's his name is much to do about much to do about nothing, I believe. Um, Clueless. Clueless is based on, mm-hmm. and then Ten and Things. Ten Things I Hate of You. Yeah, yeah. True, so. the But at the same time, Shakespeare wasn't just one person and was kind of a hack and a thief as well. So the okay. you know, babes, I know. I'm just saying you were you were saying that, and I was like, but two of the two of the ones that you named are it's oh yeah. it was kind of a coincidence, I guess. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, both of those are goaded though, like. Like, they're goaded on my list. Like, Vanity Fair has this whole 42 best rom-coms, and both of those are, like, in the top five. Some of the other choices in the top five are not my jam, but I get why they're there. But, yeah, those two are 
fantastic. So, and then here's a, I have a question for you, Courtney. Do you look at a lot of the like the teen dramas as rom coms, like your Sixteen Candles and your Breakfast Club and your um, Mean Girls? Like to me, all of those are inevitably about a relationship between a boy and a girl. So they're all like rom coms to me. Do you consider those? rom-coms or do you just consider them comedies what a great segue no this is actually one of my questions i don't consider them romantic comedies because the romance is not the central plot i think the central plot to most of those movies is more of like a coming of age and the romance is almost is like a b plot or a c plot you know what i mean so like i'm really more there to look at like molly ringwald like go through like her coming of age you know what i mean right so that's also was also on my list of like you know what makes like a romantic comedy or do you consider these movies romantic comedies and it took me a long time to kind of make my own list because i made a list just based off of like the movies that i like that i go back and i watch all the time Mm -hmm. and then i went and was like okay which of these movies actually has like in the description it says romantic comedy not coming of age <laughs> comedy not right, teen comedy right. um but to me there is like a distinct difference in the two that's just me that makes sense yeah because if you're you're, you were to look at movies like um like the wood the wood mm-hmm. technically would be a romantic comedy but to to go by courtney's description it is more of a coming yeah. of age romantic comedy because you know you, you still get by the end and spoilers for a movie that came out in 1999 by the end, the the two main leads, you know, who end up being what is it? Nia Long plays her at the end, and um, and Omar Epps. But I've like never seen this movie. You know, not not I've never seen the wood. Not all the way through. Okay, is it's, this it's the good. movie where the where like they get like soaking? Like, is it a fire? Is it a fire hydrant that breaks or a hose or something? But they get like soaking wet. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. No. Okay. This one is, it's Tay Diggs, Omar Epps, and I forget the other guy's name who ended up being on one of those shows that Manira and Raymond watch. Crying. Um, might be 911. <laughs> one of those, like, <laughs> Chicago shows. The guy hey, is in hey, not too much on he Dick Wolf, what I said. straight for your neck. Not too much but, on Dick Wolf. No, I, I only know this because I've walked in on them watching the shows, and I goes, oh, that's Slim from the Wood. And, like, only Raymond knew what I was talking about. I was like, yeah, oh, he's gotten chubby. Um mm. But yeah, it, it's about three friends over the, like their relationship from the '80s to current day, and one of them is getting married, but he's having second thoughts, and he like gets super drunk, and then they have to like find the things to make the wedding still happen before his wife, who is played by Lisa Ray, finds out. And it's you know they go from the early '80s up and through the '90s, and they're in college and whatnot. It's a good movie. I gotta figure out what movie I'm talking about. Okay, okay, I and that's just to me like the way that I have to kind of classify those Richard movies. T. Jones is not on 911. I'm crying. <laughs> oh! I'm crying. He's on one of those shows. Is he the angry... Watching. Is he the one who played um, Jill Scott's husband in Why Did I Get Married? The, the mean man! I knew! I knew! I knew he was that mean motherfucker. And you should know him. You love Tyler Perry. Yeah, I was gonna say, mm-hmm. he is the, 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 the archetype of a Tyler Perry villain. You know, he's dark he is a dark-skinned, bald, bald man. man. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think Tyler Perry also might need to seek therapy. because Now, <laughs> he has been on Grey's Anatomy. So Who was he, on he might have popped in on there. Fucking nailed it. Knew it. All right. Come, 
I hate you because I am dark skinned and bald and I hate Jesus. Oh my god. No. Yeah, the boondocks pretty much nailed it. He might need to seek therapy. Um, so my next question that I had was like, do you guys have like a favorite like romantic comedy trope? I am a large fan of like a Shakespeare modernization. I I like a historical sometimes as long as they're not doing like accents. I know that's probably very controversial. I don't like accents because usually they fucking cast Americans and Americans cannot do British accents. I just want you to like it could be historical but like just talk regular. No. It only works the other way around. British the people Brits can, can do, do an American accents, accent. But we can't do it the other way around. No. No. Sorry. I, I still have <laughs> trauma from, from the time that I heard Catherine Heigl doing a British accent for a whole movie and it oh god. Is this that movie that you talked about before caffeine? Yes. Oh it's awful. Her and and Mike Vogel, who was also in um, in Cloverfield, are both Americans doing British accents. And Mina, Mira Sorvino, not Mira Sorvino, Mina Savari, is also doing a British accent. It's real bad, y'all. Look it up. Mm. I think I won't. Thanks. <laughs> I also enjoy like an an enemies to lovers, friends to lovers. Like I I like when you hate each other a bit because I think it, I don't know. It just it makes me believe it more. Uh, I don't know. What's a I like a good enemies to lovers. lovers. Like yeah. if you I already like, like each like, other, like there's no draw for me. Yeah. Fucking hate Well, each other. no, I do like a friends to lovers as well. Like I like that like it's always been there, but it's not like it's it's unspoken and like you guys don't see it. Like I like that. Um mm-hmm. I also like the and it's probably bad and I shouldn't say it, but I like the one is like either not a ne'er-do-well but not really thinking about a relationship and one is very relationship heavy but doesn't want like wants a partner and doesn't want a child if that makes sense and so the child or the person that's not really in a relationship has to actually come to terms with I am a certain age it it has hit me that I'm not like the age that I think I am, I should start wanting these things. And the woman should be like, well, I don't actually need to act like I'm 52 when I'm really only 25. I should probably just go with the flow. Grace. And then they mesh to- they mesh together. <laughs> I like that. I think that's I'm like, cute. this is Sandy and Danny right now. <laughs> this like is Greece. I think that's cute. <laughs> okay. 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 And you know, I love a, I love a, a, a British anything. So add add some accents in there and i'm i'm right and there you love it okay maria eric anything to add do you have a trope that you like i guess i don't know if you do you guys like tropes maybe you don't eric just sat here and said certain... he hated the fucking hallmark which i think is like trope central. that's <laughs> well no the, the problem is it, it it is a trope but they've turned the trope into an entire genre and that's what what upsets me. I don't mind the the occasional trope or like, um, like the 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 opposite uh, opposites attract thing. I kind of like that in, as a trope, but more so when it's like you know the hot one likes the uggo, you know, like the um, what's the she's out of my league. She's out of it's, my uh, fucking league. Yeah. That is Fire. the most apt title ever. But I think it should have been instead of being about um, what's the name, the little skinny guy's character. It should have been about the chubby guy. And and what's her name? Alice Eve. I was like, that would have made more sense. Because he just seemed like a better person. When they (laughs) go meet the parents. Hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Okay. 
Okay, okay. Maria? Yeah, no. I, I just, you know, if you make me chuckle enough when I see the trailer, I'll check you out. And because <clears throat> this is not, I mean, for me, it is definitely a genre that I enjoy when it's done well. But I also think that it's unfortunately one of the one of the genres that is next to horror the easiest to fuck up. And so, like, for me, it, it turns into, well, I don't think I have a preference. I want to be kind of open-minded when I see them. But if it's supposed to be a romantic comedy and I see the trailers and it actually makes me chuckle, then maybe I'll check it out. So, yeah, that's as far as I think what I like goes. Because, I, like, from everything that everybody else has said, I like elements of those. But I can also think of sometimes that I've seen that and I'm like, eh, like you know, the opposites attract thing or the, the good one liking the uggo. Eric gave a great example with She's Out of My League where it was done really well, but then you've got Shallow Howl, and I hate that fucking movie. Oh my movie. god, and I haven't I thought about that movie in same. ages. I fucking hate it's, that movie. It's, it's horrible, it, it's fat phobic for real, like there's so many problems with it, but it care it, it is that same trope, right, of, you know, I'm out of your league or you're out of my league, so that's kind of why I don't focus on that piece but i will say like you've got to get me to literally like almost like spit a drink out when i see the trailer for me to be like oh i really want to see that okay i feel like that's like a very good like point like two things being from the same genre one done well and one mm -hmm. done not well i also just in general think that a lot of movies from like back in my teenagedom, like, just have not aged well. And, you know, Ooh, just... that's a good point. Yeah, that's a completely separate there episode, so... dozens of those, especially when it comes to, like, consent culture and things like Ooh. that. Um, we'll just leave out most of the movies of John Hughes, uh, 16 Candles specifically, but, you know. Yeah. You were not wrong. Yeah. Um, that's on top of the racism. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, but about the racism... Um, okay, so let's talk about your favorite rom-coms. I made a list because it was really hard for me to narrow these down. But how many do you have on your list? This was the first list. Jesus. And then I made a list of just five. So I like. Oh, oh you're okay, frozen okay. on my you're frozen on my screen. So I didn't get to see the oh, so the you actual didn't see the list. Dead scene, the, the, the Dead no. Sea Scrolls, <laughs> no. uh, not the dead favorites that she had. I don't know if you can see it. Listen, this. it's, it's like a, a whole ass half a page. Well, if, right. I, if I unfreeze, then you'll be able to see it. But I made just like kind of like a top five like list of my absolute favorites. My number one favorite rom-com is Clueless. I can pretty much watch that anytime. I think, I think what Eric said was right. Like it is like a time capsule film. If you've ever met me, you know that I kind of like live for this kind of like look, music, like... It's my jam. Mm -hmm. I think that the casting is like A1. Um, was that romance a problematic? A little. It's a little controversial, but I pretend like I don't see it. I pretend that I've never, I, I just ignore like the stepbrother part of it. But the, I'm the, very the much. college student stepbrother with the high school With the 16 year old. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to pretend that doesn't I happen. ignore I the shit out of that. And I'll tell you that it's, like, my number one favorite romantic comedy. I just think that, like, the casting is a fucking one. I even like the TV show, which I know is very controversial, but I do like the TV show. 
my number two was The Wedding Planner. And I know that Jennifer Lopez is controversial for many people. But I tell you, I, my sister and I loved that movie. Loved it so much that we stole our aunt's DVD of The Wedding Planner. And it just, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's got, um, what the fuck is his name? Justin. Yes. Uh, fucking. Justin Chambers. Fucking, um, motherfucker from Grey's Anatomy. Well, I can't remember his name. I blocked out the fact that he left. So I just. Alex. Yes, Alex Karev from the from Grey's Anatomy it's got um Matthew McConaughey plays like her love interest they also made her Italian and then I was confused by her heritage for a very long time after I saw this because she was also Selena and I'm like but this doesn't make sense like you told me that you were Hispanic I don't understand anyway I think that it just absolutely like a trope but man when she goes off on him about i honestly love you i think about that movie often it just it works it's a it's 90 minutes it's easy like it's a good movie for me um my third one was crazy rich asians i watch this movie at least once a month i think the music is fire i feel like i am obsessed with the fact that she is a poor he's a rich and they love each other mm-hmm. and the family wants to keep them apart and he's goes on to that commercial flight and it's like i love you marry me and i i'm obsessed i love it i love it so much it's just so good the costuming like the like cultural piece of it like because i think when you're from like a a family of color for you're from like a culture that's very like family centric i think that you see a lot of reflections in your own culture and your own family within this movie um my number Four was 13 going on 30 which i think possibly would be more considered a coming of age movie however i really like that maddie always loved her and he built her that fucking dollhouse and I, it just did it for me and like you do have to suspend logic for it because she was 13 and now she's 30 and like she's just never like grown up but like they're really happy and my number five was 27 dresses with katherine heigl it should not technically, I think, work for me because I don't really like Katherine Heigl. But there's something about James Marsden, the cynic, falling in love with, like, the uber, like, I believe in love, Katherine Heigl of it all. When they get drunk and start singing Benny and the Jets and then they do it in the car in the rain. Chef's fucking kiss. I fucking love that. Sensational. I just, uh, like... I don't know. They really just put their foot on in on that one. When everyone's wearing the the dresses at the end, she has twenty seven fucking bridesmaids. Her fucking terrible sister with no fucking redeemable qualities trying to move in on her fucking man. Malin Ackerman could have seen me in hell for that one. She'll never get forgiven for that. Jeez. And that's that's my top five. But it was very hard for me to get to this fucking list. Like I agonized. I scratched shit out. Like I have a very long list. So I will give you guys the floor and you can share some of your favorites. So I'll, I'll go next because I think it's funny. It, it wasn't hard for me to come up with my list at all um, because <clears throat> this isn't necessarily my favorite genre, but it is a genre that when I enjoy it, I enjoy it, right? So I guess my, my uh, four of my top five are in no particular order, but my number one is my number one. So I will go through my four first. So uh, for me, it is 
definitely um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I fucking love that movie. I think it is absolutely hilarious. Um, 10 Things I Hate About You. Actually, maybe I just got a thing with numbers here, but also fucking love that movie. It is amazing. Um, let me see. What was the third one? And just like that, I lost it. Oh, Never Been Kissed. I fucking mm. love Never Been Kissed. Mm. It is. Josie Grossy, oh. baby. Josie, Josie fucking Grossy, baby. Right. You, don't, you don't fucking miss with Josie Grossy. And then my rounding out the top four before I get to my number one is one that... I think I will probably be alone on, but I guess at the point in my life where I saw this movie, it was very, very poignant because my husband and I at the time, we were not married yet. We were not even sure if we were going to stay together and we went to go see this movie and it was about a fucking breakup. It was great. Uh, but The Bounty Hunter. Ooh, with, with Jennifer Aniston. I fucking love that movie fucking love that movie now mind you was it a little crazy that we were just talking about possibly breaking up we had no idea what the movie was about <laughs> went to see it and it's about this couple that broke up maybe that particular day wasn't the best day for the movie but we love it and still watch it to this day um and then absolute number one hands down never a fucking question can quote that bitch like from beginning to end is clueless for all of the reasons courtney already gave plus it's a whole fucking vibe like like you, you if you've even just watched the trailer and you see somebody out doing anything that even remotely reminds you of that movie like if you know you know like people are just gonna know like you can stand in a crowd and just start singing rolling with the homies and people will fucking join in all right like clues is just instant classic love it can watch it over and over again and courtney now that i know that you are also a clueless stan we need to just have like a clueless day <laughs> i'm having a stroke i would love that i just think to yes be rolling with the homies r.i.p britney murphy for real for real oh, for real my buns they don't feel nothing like steel damn it oh Oh, the casting is just like movie. a one for that movie. It's like so you really perfect. can't get, I yes. think, a better cast. Change. Nope, you can't. You can't. It's just, yeah. All right, so I'm done. That's that's me. That's my. All right, so I will go. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to rework my list because did I take uh, some? My, <laughs> I had three and four, and you were like, no, me, and I was. But like, they okay, can still well. be your three and four, right? They can. Well, no, because I've got I've got others. Don't worry. Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> no, because fuck you. Right. How um, dare you like what I like? My in no particular order, honestly. Um, I have the long shot with um, Charlize Theron and is it Seth Rogen? Yes. Ooh, yes, yes. yes! It was Wait. so good. Yes. Okay, she was. Which one was? She was running for president. That's the one where she's running for president. Yeah. 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 It's maybe oh, ten she minutes babysat longer him. than it needs to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that shut the fuck up. Good. You didn't say that for anybody else's, but okay. <laughs> oh, um, get him, get I really enjoyed. <laughs> I get really enjoyed their like chemistry. Mm-hmm. I again the they button really up good. and then him being the way yeah. that he is, but like he saw her and she needed somebody to see 
her in that moment. I just, I really enjoy that movie. My fiance really enjoyed that movie. Like we saw the trailer, looked at each other and went, so we know what we're doing on Valentine's Day because it came out on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And it was just really good. Was that 2020? Um, It was, yeah, when when things were getting Right before it got sketchball. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, The Holiday... Now, I like a good switch. That Ooh. is with Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love a good I don't switch. Think I've seen oh, that. it's so, so good. good. We should. So we good. It's also got Jude Law and it Jack Black. It does have Jude Law and Jack Black. All right. Well, okay. honestly, okay. I, I remember the first time that I watched it, which wasn't that long ago. And I was like, I don't know about this, honey. Jack Black, by the end. It's it's an, it's an example of the uggo liking the uggo. <laughs> yep, so good. But I like, but I didn't see him as an uggo. I just saw him as un, somebody that is unattainable because he, spoiler alert, has a girlfriend. But she is not treating him right, and he is such a good guy. Like he wasn't an uggo to me. He was just a good guy that is in a Shitty bad relationship. relationship that he shouldn't be in. Meanwhile, Kate Winslet is there being adorable and it's trying to get to a guy that she had absolutely no reason to get it's a like they swap houses and it's like before they had airbnb and they just like yeah it is so good it's just fantastic um the next one is leap year Mm, with mm -hmm. one amy adams amy adams she Wants to get engaged to the big head um, Ben from the Parks and My uh, Parks and Rec. However, one time every in Ireland over like it's a leap year in Ireland, you can do the proposing. To, it is socially acceptable to propose to your um, to the man in the relationship. Um, it's really good. It's like. The Highlands is it's be- like the setting is gorgeous and it's, it's so just, pretty. I'd say one of it's the best so kind pretty. of like locations, and it's like yes. unconventional too. Like I don't think a lot of people yes. are doing romantic comedies taking place in Ireland, Scotland. Ad- Adam Scott is the the large head gentleman you're thinking. Is of. he? The yes. Suit? It's also got it's also yeah. got uh, Matthew Good from Watchmen. Oh, and yes. And as soon as he comes on the screen, I'm like, that big head needs to move to the fucking back. It is all Matthew Good all day long, and I do apologize. You, you wanted Ozymandias over Ben Wyatt. Yes, I know what I said. He looks like a demon, but he looks like a demon that knows how to take care of what I need him to take care of. Thank you so much. Um, next on my Period. list is just, <laughs> just just right. Yes, um, mm, mm, Queen Motherfucking Latifah and Common, mm. and, and they put their it's foot in so it. <laughs> good. It's so good for no reason at all. He is a basketball player. She is and looks in just a bit, just a bit of his age too. Because I'm like, you're yes. too old to be playing basketball, my nigga. Very old, very <laughs> old. He is. Um, he meets. Uh, what's her name? God, Paula Patton. Patton. Uh, Paula Patton. She is as do- adorable as a button, but she is. She is Looking for a, a gold digger. And he happens to get in a accident during playing because, of course, he does. He's old. So get out. And she brings in her cousin, who is played by Queen Latifah. She's a physical therapist. Queen Latifah, she knows everything about sports, and she's good at her job, but she is low level. She comes in, she rehabs Common, and they just hit it. Like, the chemistry is off the fucking charts with them. It is 
fan-fucking-tastic. It's such a good movie. And it's so fucking wholesome. Mm. It's really good. Um, there are no losers in this no. movie. Like, none. You would think that there would be Ooh, none. And there Felicia no Rashad plays Common's mama. Felicia Rashad plays Common's mom because, of course, she does. She's she, every black if, mom. If it's not, if it's not Diane Carroll, it is definitely Felicia Rashad. Um, next oh, and also, last, shout-outs to her. You know that she's now when she's not like, making excuses for uh, Bill Cosby. I was gonna say that. Yes. Oh, yes. I think now the head of, one of like the art school at Howard. She now. is. She is. Um, don't really want her to be involved in school with the comments that she made um, about women and um, how. Oh. yeah. It it wasn't great. It was. It wasn't. Great. I see. This is Claire Huxtable shouldn't have said on. what she I... said, but Oof. Okay. we'll keep All it right. moving. Sorry. Last but certainly not least, I have the wedding date. Um, now another Ooh. Amy Adams banger, which she was being a bad baby in. Um, Deborah Messing is going to her sister Amy Adams' wedding in England, and she does not have a date, so she brings an escort. Um, a one Dylan Mc Maroney. Dermot. I think is it's it, Maroney. Is it, it's not Dermot. Maroney. Is it Dermot? Is it? You think it's Dylan McDermott? I think it's Dylan McDermott. I don't think it's. Maroney? I don't think so. It's one of them. It is one of them. They have the same fucking face. I cannot tell. Um, do you know who it is? It's there? Dermot Maroney. Is it? Dermot Maroney. Yeah. It is. From New Girl and The Gray and yes. several other, you know, prominent they, white man movies. She needs to bring him because, get this, her uh, ex-boyfriend will be there because he is, of course, in the wedding why funniness ensues but it's it's british funniness like it's clamp down funniness it's so good me and my mom watch this like anytime that it is on it is it's such a good movie and again the it's like something about that time when they were doing romantic comedies like the pastels were just off the color the color was off the chart it just made it look like fantastic so those are those are my those are my go-to where i will go and watch Manera's over and over and over again. Yeah. Can can I give you a little nerdy thing about that time period about the coloring? Always. Um, that was like right after uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Favorite movie ever. Um, that was right after they started in Oh Brother Where Art Brother Thou was the first film to use it uh, when they started doing digital color grading. So they were able to make colors pop more and so that uh, makes so much sense. Yeah. Around that time period, everybody was rolling it out because it was cheaper than like having to get specific colors. Like you could do digital color grading. So thank you. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And now, you know, that time period, you can tell everyone had just gotten that technology and they were like, oh, wow, we're going to put it on everything. And certain movies stand out a bit more. But, right. you know, now you can do it and it's, it's a lot easier on the eyes. But yeah. That's your, your nerd history fact for the week about film. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you for that. What are your, what's your list? <laughs> uh, well, uh, if we're going by Manira's rules, I had to move around a couple of things because I also had the holiday on my list. Um, just reinforcing my, my, you know, hot one likes uggo trope. Um, I also had Just Right, <gasps> but wow. I swapped it. I swapped it for one that is a little... And this one is more based on, like, the people in it. And, um, like, one, I wanted to make sure that in, in my list I had, you know, I had some people of color in my list. Because romantic comedies, unfortunately, are a very white thing. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that we don't have movies 
featuring people of color, they're usually like the side characters. Because there's well, also like a whole genre just, of black romantic just, comedy that's kind of like, they're not as fun. Well, here's the thing, though, in, in saying that, because like if you if you go out and look at some of the all time list, there are a couple of movies on there that I didn't even think about as romantic comedies for movies of color that I'm like, yes. absolutely. Like coming to America, one of the all time funniest movies ever made is that is not a romantic, a romantic comedy. Yeah. comedy. It is. But well, it, it, it's it is not literally you, it's one of those but, things like think of those movies like that. That one with um, with what's her name from not Glee. But what was uh, High School Musical, where it's like a, a swap thing, where he's he's rich but he's the playing, princess swap. Yes, he's rich but he's playing poor watch. to get this this woman. I've seen the preview on Netflix. That's basically what <laughs> nah, what nigga, you watched it. Don't do that. <laughs> that's what uh what coming to America is. He's hiding his right. true intentions to to not to fall in love to right? fall in love. Yeah. Okay. And she is putting aside her her kind of bouginess of wanting to to keep the family name and the, the money that they have to, to fall in love with this man who believes she believes has nothing is poor. Right. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. He's not, they all get married and now she's a queen. Yep. That's, that seems like a romantic comedy to me. Um, but yeah, I took holiday off my list and I took just right off my list, but I did swap it for another one that I seem to love. And apparently the internet loves too. And it is really funny and it stall stars, you know, Black All-Stars, Sanaa Lathan, and Tay Diggs. I'm talking about Brown Sugar. Uh, also oh. starring Most Def. I and watched Queen that Latifa. for the first time like a couple weeks ago. It's pretty funny. <gasps> mm-hmm. I yeah, that Brown one I, I really enjoy. If you're, yeah. Especially if you're a, a fan of music and hip-hop in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's but, the, the main plot. That Love Jones around the same yeah. time. It was all the sound. Your, your oh. main plot is Sanaa Lathan and, um, and Tay Diggs. And he's like a, a record producer or, or he's like a, a promoter or something. And he's trying to promote his artist. He quits his, his um, big corporate record job to go and promote little artists like, uh, like Most Def. And their subplot with Most Def's character wanting to, to get with Queen Latifah. So... You that really double really down on like the the ugo and the hot. You you really do. I'm thinking about all of your choices, and I feel like holiday. It's what a was good the one. Other one. Well, um, the other one that someone said that just yes. right, just right. Yeah, but that's saying that. Well, you would have to decide who's the ugo and who's the hot one well, in that one. Because I mean, Tay Diggs and Sanaa Lathan. Yeah, I was like Queen T- Queen uh, Tay Diggs and Sanaa Lathan are both hotties, and. That you're basically you're saying that most deaf is an ugly. No, he's a little funny looking, but like, <laughs> I think Tay Diggs never never has done it for me so. personally. Thank you, thank I'm you, like, Courtney. I don't want to say waiting. it, but was like, waiting, was waiting. Tay Diggs is, is to me the the ugly in the relationship. I apologize. I'm so sorry. He just has he, never done it for me. Sorry. He's also in um in the wood, so, but he's not the main. Omar Epps is the main one in the wood. Um, moving along. Uh, I like my romantic comedies. Some of them are a little dr- more dramatic. So um, my first on that list would be About Time, the Richard Curtis film. Nigga, get the fuck out of my list because I had to move some things around and that one had to get cut. But you know how I feel about that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Basically, anything that Richard Curtis does, you know, Love Actually, Pirate Radio, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, um, outside of yesterday, wasn't a fan, but uh, he also did the the Bridget yesterday Jones trilogy. Was so good. Is that the I'm not a Beatles one? fan. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm just not a Beatles fan. I'm not fan. a Beatles fan either, but I so really cute, liked though. Yeah, I liked their Yeah, yesterday was actually really cute. No, I hate it, and I'm going to oh, get to hate it because oh. it's my, my time. It's my time to shine, y'all. Shut up. Um, but yeah, About Time is a, about a family of time travelers and like um, uh, Dom Hall Gleason and Rachel McAdams. He meets her and, you know, shortly after he meets her, his father tells him that they're in their family that they can travel backwards in time if they do certain things. And it's partially about them falling in love, partially about him trying to correct the errors of his past, partially about him realizing that you can't change everything, even though you have the power to travel into the past. And the the effects like I love time travel movies, especially the effects of like changing one thing can change something else and like the ripple effect. Like, for instance, one point he goes back to change something uh, after he's had a child. But when he comes back to his his present, his son is now a daughter because everything changed. You know, the the same sperm that impregnated his wife may have been a boy at one point, but him changing something now it is a woman. So little things like that. It's kind of like Flashpoint without being so stupid. You you want to cry? You want to fucking cry? It's also, yeah. There's also a very, very dramatic moment about him and his father when he realizes that, like, going back in time, there is a, an end point to where you can go. And, like, there's a whole thing about him seeing his father for the last time after his father has died. And they both realize that, like, this is as far back as you can go and we'll never be able to do this moment again. So you have to cherish that moment. And it's about living in the moment and, like, Ooh. appreciating the things that you have. Like I said, I like my romantic comedies also with a bit of drama. And, hey, cool. if you want no, some, bitch. like, extra coverage of that, you can find our episode on that on Cup and Saucer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bitch, no. You need to watch it. Watch it with your husband. Because that, that end where, oh, where he's like, well, what do you want to do? I want to spend my good day with you. Mm-hmm. And then you see what his good day is? Fucking floored. So good. Oh, God. Yeah, it's really so, amazing. Would you consider 10,000 Years of Longing a romantic comedy? Um, no, because it's not. there's not as much comedy. You know what I mean? Like, there are some funny moments, but it is more, I consider that one more like a romantic epic. Okay, that makes sense because I love that. What movie. Is that? Yeah, and I was it's, like, it's I, ten thousand years of longing. Times. It's the new one with uh, Idris Elba and um, and, Tilda mm-hmm. and Tilda Swinton mm-hmm. from George Miller. Yeah, it's a weird one visually and like the way the story breaks mm-hmm. down. But like but by I the time you get so to the much. end, you're like, oh, okay, you understand the the romance angle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, uh, I wanted to put some more brown people on my list. So I don't know if you guys have seen the Kumail Nanjiani film, semi autobiographical, The Big Sick. About yes. his relationship with his, how he met his wife. No, but he's married. That one, yeah. Um, if you watch the movie, you the the movie kind of ends on a uh, on a will they won't they? But like you know for a fact that they ended up getting married. They're still very very much married and very happy together. Well, but like his great. his <laughs> wife has uh, after they're dating for a bit. There's also some cultural issues where his family wants him to have a traditionally arranged Pakistani marriage, and he's just you know. They're like, Does well, anyone but a white woman. With a white woman. Yes, she is a yep. white woman. Well, this really ruins my... I found him very attractive, and now I feel like I don't like you. I'm well, here. Uh, again, he he was doing stand-up comedy and also driving Uber, and um, it's it's a really good movie. It's it's Things have changed, but it's it's also got Ray Romano, and um, I forget who plays the mother. Um, I want to say Diane good Keaton, movie. but it's not. Yeah, it's but... really... It's kind of emotional and, like you find out that him being a good listener basically saves her life and 
And at the end, like her getting back to normal, they don't, you know, you don't know if they're going to get together. And then you kind of find out that they do get together in the end. That movie came out when I was dealing with the same exact thing. So I was like, absolutely not. So I never, I never circled back. Heard it was really good. Never circled back. It is. It can get a little emotional, but not as emotional as like about time. Um, And I don't know if you guys are seeing a theme here, but I'm also going to break out uh, 500 Days of Summer. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel, uh, directed by Mark Webb, who also did um, not technically a romantic comedy, but one of my favorite movies, uh, Stranger Things. Uh, Stranger, Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell. Uh, mm-hmm. 500 Days of Which Summer. Is an excellent movie. Yeah. Which well. could be on your list. I'm surprised it's not. It could. I wouldn't call it a romantic comedy. It's more of a, like, it has romance, but it's more of like a, and I wouldn't even really call it a comedy. It's, no, it's very, I think it's more it's drama than film. anything. Yeah, and a lot of people went into it expecting it to be a comedy because it's Will Ferrell. But this is more one of his more serious roles, even though he gets to, you know, he gets to have fun with it. Um, and of course, Emma Thompson is there, so she's the best. And Queen Latifah, who you're not gonna, you're not and, gonna go and with Maggie, Campbell Maggie, Maggie, Maggie Yellenhall. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but again, uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer. It is. It's a breakup movie. A lot of my romantic comedies, I enjoy breakup movies. Uh, I've been dumped a lot, and I. I these are the movies that make me feel better about being and such a dumbo. Like, I but... want to double down on the breakup energy. Yeah. I, 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 you know, one of those things where the first time you see it, you feel sorry for Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. But by the time you're over, you're like, oh, wait, no, he was a fucking dick. He blamed her for everything. And it's one of those movies that still divides the Internet. But it's about two people getting together and, like, her stating her intentions from the beginning and him not listening and making this whole thing in his head. And then when they finally break up, it's about him kind of rebuilding himself. But he never admits fault, so um, it's a really good. I one. wonder if he's a Pisces in that movie. <laughs> I don't know. I just know that there's that one scene where he, you know, after they finally hook up, he imagines himself as Han Solo, and I was like, every guy's had that in their head where you look over and you're like, Han Solo, don't get cocky, kid. Um, no, me, you guys aren't guys. All right, cool. Um, it's a really good one. Quite anyway. obviously, know that we are not men, but thank you. On on the same vein, um, forgetting Sarah Marshall. With Jason, uh, Jason Siegel. So good. That one is legitimately a comedy, but also there's some heartfelt stuff uh, about being dumped and uh, running into your exes in weird places. I've never seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall ever. It's great. It's but also, is it Get Him Muppets. to the Greek from this movie? Because it Get is Him a spiritual to the Greek sequel. is my yes. shit. It is technically a sequel. It's in like the same universe where, where mm-hmm. Russell Brand's character plays the same character. And they even yeah. reference it. Uh, they reference the, some of the other characters from Forgetting Sarah Marshall at certain points. Um, but yeah, it, it's about a guy who's, whose famous girlfriend dumps him. And then they run into each other while he's trying to get over the breakup on, in, in a secluded island. Well, not secluded island, but on Hawaii. a resort in Hawaii. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's Russell Brand. And Paul Rudd shows up as a surf instructor who's great. And it's, uh, it's Mila Kunis. Really good. Yeah. And there's a lot of Muppets and musicals, and it's just really funny. What is his obsession with Muppets, by the way? Well, that movie ended up getting him the Muppet movie. Oh, really? Like, he did a whole thing in the movie about wanting to do a musical about Dracula, but with Muppets. With Muppets, yeah. And I guess Disney was like, oh, okay, cool. You well, like come Muppets? And, come and do this Muppet movie for us. <laughs> yeah. Everyone seemed to really enjoy it. Just tone down the, the, the male nudity and uh, maybe get some other funny people in there. And cool. There's a lot of male nudity in, in forgetting Mar- Sarah Marshall as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what did I do five already? 
that yeah, I think that's five. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Brown sugar about time. Five hundred days of summer. Big sick. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, and I guess uh, of note, if you want to be real sad and have a little bit of romantic comedy because it's got Jim Carrey, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That one's a great breakup movie. Like I said, I like to I like to feel it in the gut. <laughs> Two pieces. I'm, I'm not surprised. A, not a happy person. <laughs> Courtney, I'm surprised you didn't do because and I didn't do it because I thought you were going to do it. The Lovebirds. It's on my list, but it it couldn't make the top five. It's on that big block list. Got but it. it. Couldn't make the top five. Okay. I think that movie is so fucking funny, and every time I play it for it people, really they're like, "Oh my god, this is so funny." I also, I think that movie is good for me because. Like, it's not overly sad. I feel like a lot of times with, like, movies that, like, a romantic movie that has, like, a black lead, I feel like there's always an element of um, Is that the trauma. Kumail Nanjiani mm-hmm. Issa Rae and one? And Issa Rae, yeah. The one that got fucked over by the pandemic. It did, but yeah. Courtney made sure that it went triple platinum on Netflix in my house. I saved it, I think, personally. I feel like I saved that movie. Um, but I feel like... There's always an element of, like, black trauma, like, when there's a romantic trauma that has, like, a black lead. Um, so it was nice for it to just be a movie that had no real, like, trauma or sadness. I, this is not a romantic comedy, but the photograph with Issa Rae and Stanfield. Not a romantic comedy, but I truly liked that it was just a romantic movie. Where there was no bullshit. Like, there was nothing to be sad or traumatized about. They were just... It was a relationship. And it was nice. And it was... She was learning about her Mm -hmm. mom. And she just happened to get into a relationship. I like that as well. But that's, um... Not our... Our category. So I have one last question before we wrap it up. I feel like... There was this very specific, like, portion of time where I feel like romantic comedies were, like, in its, like, heyday. Like, it's a very specific kind of, like, time period. And I do think that, you know, every year, like, a couple of romantic comedies come out. But, like, nothing of note. Do you feel like romantic comedies as a genre can, like, make a comeback, like, to the way that they were before? Because I, for the most part, I feel like romantic comedies are a pretty bankable, like, genre. Like, Romantic comedies can well, make I, you a ton of money. I just feel like lately I don't feel like they put as much money or stock into that specific genre. No, they're not getting the theatrical releases that they used to. And some people who are a bit more cynical will say, oh, well, it's because there's nothing but superhero movies out. Um, those people can shut up. But also it, it goes along with the fact that a romantic comedies are very cheap to make. Um, as long as you don't have some like very large idea like, oh, it needs to take place in the, the 1500s and we need to shoot it in real castles and all that stuff. You can make a romantic comedy for, you know, less than 40 million dollars, less than 30 million dollars if you get like not super popular A-list actors. That's why you see companies like Amazon and Netflix and Hulu snatching them up quick because they're cheap to produce and you can put them out on your platform and people like us who may not spend the $12 to go see it in the theater, but will spend the hour and a half to watch it on Netflix while they're doing something else, you know, and watch it multiple times. It's more profitable for them that way than putting it out in a big theatrical run in 2,500 theaters across the country. Okay. That, and I think they also need to like, I mean, yes, the ones that we did bring up were in like, the 2000s but i also think that oh, the early 2000s i think that they need to maybe like step it up a little bit like it doesn't have 
it doesn't have to be rocket scientist rocket science but it also should be a little smarter now that you know the people that used to watch them and their main fan base are a little bit older we may want a little bit more of a highbrow when it comes to a romantic comedy um it doesn't need to be slapstick there could be genuine stakes and good writing when you're doing it I feel like a lot of them were like boy meets girl girl meets boy that kind of thing when I feel like you could you can do it it just put a little thought into it I guess is what I'm, I'm saying I'm gonna disagree with you there I kind of like the slapstick romantic comedy I feel like we don't get and this might be just it, they are a subgenre of romantic comedy but like the teen sex comedies like American original American Pie and Road Trip. You can't. Well, they're not technically romantic days, comedies. Though. You can. You can if done correctly. You have to, you know, show some respect for other people in your film. It doesn't have to be, you know, boobs and dicks everywhere. But like, you can make a funny, smart teen sex. Then comedy. to me, that's not a sex comedy. Sorry, but like, boobs and dick make make the sex comedy. Well, no, you can you can have them in there. But I'm saying it doesn't have to just be that. Like, no one watches Porky's for the plot. You watch Porky's for boobs. Right. Like, I feel like you could you could go almost the super bad route. Right. And it's. Yeah. That that to me works where it's still kind of appropriate. There is dicks and tits, but not really. It really is about the how do I get the person's attention that I want, et cetera, et cetera. So I think you can do it. But yeah, super bad's another one I absolutely love. Didn't even think about for this list. But would you consider super bad a romantic I don't know. comedy? I would consider that. Yeah, that's more coming of age. age. Yeah, say it, it's only yeah. a romantic comedy if you consider the relationship between Michael Sarah right. and Jonah Hill's characters. Yeah. That's the romance thing. Sorry. Um, yeah, but no, also, like, some of the newer films, like, um, I know they both came out at the same time. The, um, what was the one with Mila Kunis? And yes, Friends with Benefits. Friends with Benefits, and then there was the no other one that was attached. the exact same movie. The no shitty one. Sorry, we hate that one. That one sucks. Friends with Benefits is the better of the two. I'm sorry to say. That's the best Justin Timberlake has Which... ever done in a movie. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, the one with Ashton Kutcher I didn't Kutcher. like. Because he and Natalie what? Portman have zero fucking chemistry, and they were trying to fucking Yeah, I like the one that. with That's Mila the one Kunis. I like. I don't like the one with Mila Kunis and um, Justin I'm Timberlake. Sorry. I'm sorry. Friends with Benefits fucking sucks because Natalie. We will agree to disagree. Natalie Portman I like does that. not it look was, like a bitch who likes Friends with Benefits. I'm it sorry. That, I'm listen, sorry. it was Pumpkins? that years. The Great Pumpkin, really? I loved that. Sorry. No, it was that years like Deep Impact and uh, and Armageddon, but for romantic comedies. So that's those are my that that's my thing. I just feel like. I I actually would agree with the critics who say like there's it's all action nowadays and I and I do I kind of feel like that's just the way that it's trended. Um, I just think that yes they're easier to produce, but I feel like back in my day, like a romantic comedy is like a star maker. Like Matthew McConaughey did Wedding Planner. He did uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. And he was like, I have to stop. Otherwise, I'll be the romantic lead guy. But to me, I you've been like you've started your career on those. So to me, I don't necessarily mind that. 
You mean how to lose Yes, what did I say? The, the problem, I knew it. Ten days. Yeah, the problem with those is like they can be star makers or they can be just vehicles for A-list stars who want to do something quick and easy. Because, again, mm-hmm. they're not hard to make. There's not a lot of, you know, there's not a, like you don't have to worry about big stunts or action scenes in a romantic comedy unless you're mm-hmm. doing like a, somebody chasing somebody down on the tarmac. You know, I got to get to the plane before she leaves as if I can't call her once she lands. Like um, Julia Roberts and, um, and George Clooney. They just did a romantic comedy. Nobody watched it, was it because bad. Take it to yeah. Paradise. But, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, to, 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 to Maria's point, the movie that she mentioned, The Bounty Hunter, has some action scenes. And it, it like it has a couple scenes where they're at stadiums. Those are expensive bits. Like that that one with um, yeah. that one with with Jimmy Fallon. Yes, and Fever Drew Pitch. Oh, so good. I thought they were together. That was expensive to make because it, they actually filmed during the actual World Series, and mm-hmm. people were pissed because they had to block off parts of the game to let them film this thing, and it actually happened during the season that they won. So that would be more expensive. Here- I think For too, here's here's part of the problem and why we don't get as many. In order to get people to leave the house and come to the theater, you've got to have names, which means that you've got to pay higher salaries for names because generally speaking in today's age, you can't be a nobody and be in a romantic comedy that's going to make so much money that it's going to be a breakout type thing. It's just not where the movie industry, in my opinion, is right now. So you've got two choices, right? You either make a romantic comedy that you don't push theaters and you push to streaming with whoever and see what happens. And then you have to worry about the ROI on that. Or you get names like Jennifer Lopez and whoever and make a romantic comedy. You're paying your A-list actors and actresses a lot more money to do it and then hope that people will choose that rom-com over Ant-Man Quantumania, for example. And, and, and sometimes they, they the don't. Problem. Look right. at, speaking of Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, Marry Me, came out in theaters. Horrible. Who saw that? Hor- I yeah. watched it. I didn't go to the. Did you see it in theaters? No, I waited. It streamed on. It, no they started doing the the streaming on Peacock and in the theater at the same time, and I said, right. "Okay, bet." It was horrible. Yeah, it fucking it just bombed. doesn't even make sense. Like, okay, she's got another one out well, now. But I think Shotgun Wedding with her and Josh Jumel. Yeah, I heard that was. It terrible. doesn't make any sense, bro. What? Well, <laughs> but I think that the problem. I think the problem too, though, is streaming, right? Because at the end of the day everything used to go to the theater and so you would you would make something on it but nowadays if people are choosing what they must see on the big screen versus what i want to see but i can watch in the comfort of my home and it doesn't affect my experience mm-hmm. they're going to reserve going to the movie theater for the things that actually need to be seen on a big screen to be experienced better and i can't think of a rom-com that it actually made a difference whether I saw it on the big screen or on the small screen in my living room with my blankie. And I think that that also kind of affects how they look at what they're putting out there in in the genre. So I think that there is room for the genre to continue to grow and evolve. But at some point, does it become that the genre, that people who are making films in this genre are focused on quality and longevity or making money yeah 
Because if not, you wouldn't have movies like You People coming to Netflix. That would be, 10 years ago, that would have been a theater thing. Yep. And they would have made a huge because a, you, there would have been you more have, press. Like, yeah, you have Eddie Murphy yep. and Jonah Hill, who 10 years ago were still very big stars. They're still big stars nowadays, but like, I, if Netflix wasn't buying up movies like that, that would have easily been in theaters. Yep. So. Yeah, so you could say streaming kind of killed the romantic comedy genre, but there's still plenty out there. You're just not getting nearly as many in theaters. You, right, you just have to have all the streaming services to have access to them. Yeah. yeah. That's all. I think if I ran for president, that would be my platform. Make the romantic comedies good again. I think this is a really insightful... Hashtag make rom-coms great again. Honestly, truly. Um, I think this was a really insightful, like, discussion. I feel like this was, like, really good. I feel like I know so much about you guys now that I kind of know what type of romantic comedies you like. I feel like this was a really great bonding experience, and we just so happened to do it on the podcast. So thank you guys for letting me talk, like, do my TED Talk with you guys. That was really fun. <laughs> thank you. Also, guys, she's here every I week. Am. So if you've got a if you've got a Courtney TED talk, ooh, it's a Courtney talk. It's not a TED talk because we don't know a TED and fuck TED. It's a Courtney talk. So if you're here, if you if you have a suggestion for the next Courtney talk, definitely make sure that you uh, reach out and let us know. And with that, I'd say that we've got a grab bag this week. So it's Whoa. time for Manira to do her grab bag. Wow. Yep, it's time. Um, so this one is from L. Happy New Year, L. Uh, they say, so sorry for the radio silence. It's been a minute, hasn't it? It has. Where you been? They're going to tell mm-hmm. us. Um, so since your last episode <laughs> regarding nepotism among the wealthy and famous aired, I figured now was a great time for me to check in on the concentrated crew. What's up? Uh, just to chime in on the conversation, I'm surprised that you guys didn't mention Elizabeth Olsen. Now, True. Um, I will, I'm going to talk about what Elle says, and then we're going to come and I know why I didn't say Elizabeth Olsen, but I want to know why you guys didn't. Um, so not sure if she can really be called a Nepo baby since much of her family's esteem comes from her sister's time in the spotlight but she's still one of the few who I'm quite fond of since she doesn't seem to be surrounded by controversy yes that is why I didn't bring up um Elizabeth I feel like while yes you can see that she is an Olsen sister because La Facha but um I also think that she is making her own stamp in the industry and she's doing it with the different movies that she picks. And then she's going home and doing her own thing. Like, she's not out here going. And also, I'm an Olsen because look at me. I, mm-hmm. I didn't pick her because I see her as a movie actor and not a movie actor who also benefits from her famous sisters. But what do you guys think? I, I say hot take. If anything, her being an Olsen sister is like a detriment to her because everyone's going to compare her to her sisters and hotter take fucking fuego take. She's a better actress than her sister. Thank you. By a lot. I, By a there's lot. a reason she's an Avenger. Listen, Elizabeth could be Michelle Tanner, but Ashley and Mary Kate, they can't be the Scarlet witch babes. And yep, that's the that's real fucking really... tea. I'm sorry to say yep. it. Like it just, yeah, I just, true. to me, like it's just, 
Yeah, she's like Nepo adjacent to me because almost there's an element of like Minera said, I think last week, like her most important thing is that you have talent. You can use the name, but you need to have talent to back it up. And I think that she has talent she in has a talent. way that her yep. sisters do not. And I, I mean, we could say that there's just a difference in the roles that they picked. They picked a like, you know, seven season like sitcom to be a part of. Um, and then kind of did their own thing, did their movies, did like the TV shows on a- ABC Family and stuff. And but they they also could have they could have made like, that split jump. up the twin thing. I don't disagree. Kind of like the the what's the name Zach and Cody, the Sweet Life ones. Like mm-hmm. one you don't see anymore. The other one he's still very much um, acting, and he's he's on. held in his own regard. Not too much on the other one because he does um, he has a microbrewery and he does he does beer. I'm sure, yeah, and I'm sure his nepotism comes into it. It was like, aren't you the other one from Zach and Cody? That's and like your brother's on Riverdale. I don't like, I don't like that you you played with with the Sprouses like that. But you're not wrong. I just think that like she's good. Like I think she's good. So to me, I don't know. Yeah, she's nepo adjacent, but like to me, I wouldn't consi- I wouldn't put her in the same group as some of these other people. You know what I mean? Fair. Okay, uh, Elle goes on to say, in other news, I've started making frequent trips, bleh, trips to Third Eye Comics. <laughs> Lose your money just like us. Um, having never been there until now, I was completely blown away. I might start making it a monthly thing. Um, I We were just talking before we even did this podcast, and I actually need to uh, make my way today and get some things from there as well. So uh, thank you for that. You guys have anything to say? Is it okay? So is it kind of weird that L and Eric goes to Third Eye so much that it they know him and love him? Um, is it weird that like we could have bumped into L in like the the lanes of like Funkos or like different? Well, it w- um, it would depend on which one. That, that's fair. Yeah, because remember, there's there's Annapolis. There's um, there's College Park, there's Richmond, there, mm-hmm. you know, they have like seven stores now, which good for them. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know if, if she went to Annapolis, but yeah, if, if you go to Annapolis, think, you're more than likely to run into me on any given weekday or weekend. I went to the College Park one, which I really like. They're, they're, Isn't it adorable? Yes, there's, it's very mm-hmm. close knit, but it's very like welcoming and just just nice. I've never been they to did Third a really Eye, good job so. of translating mm-hmm. their like that third eye energy from the Annapolis store to the College Park store. Like it doesn't feel like a different store. Like it 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 their brand is carrying over. I guess 100%. is the best way to say it. I, it's just the yeah. only thing Customer that's sad is that obviously is their brand. Yep. Having the good college people work park there. one is just tiny, so you don't get all of the cool stuff. So even though the college park one is like three minutes from my house, I will go to that one and then still go to the Annapolis one. Yeah, I had I had a list with me, and I went and um, they got. I believe they had three things that I had on my list and then they had to order um, for the three other things that were on my list. Mm-hmm. And then one of them, because it's out of print, they couldn't um, order it, but they got it to me, called me up, let me, let me know, Hey, it'll be here. And they were just really nice and sweet. So um, I'm glad to see that it translates, you know, everywhere mm-hmm. you go. Cause it's a little, it's a little dicey when you have like a standalone store that you really like, and then you go to the other store and it's not the same kind of camaraderie, but mm-hmm. that is not true. Um, did you guys hear that Courtney said she's never been? So 
we might so need we to, need to fix that yeah yeah mm-hmm. no i caught it i, I okay. peeked it um and l ends with no recommendations this time unless you want to hear me rant and rave about ted lasso and house of the dragon um i would i've watched both i believe eric has watched ted lasso i don't think he finished um house of the dragon not yet courtney hasn't watched either one she watched that first episode of Mm -hmm. house of the dragon but she didn't watch Mm -hmm. ted lasso and maria correct me if i'm wrong you didn't finish house of the dragon and you haven't watched ted lasso have you I have absolutely finished House of the Dragon, but I did oh. not watch Ted Lasso. Maria okay. was very excited about that good. House of the Dragon. I left it Season... where I left it with that podcast. I needed I needed <laughs> to determine if there if I had enough energy to commit to both House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings, and it was a definitive yes because they're both fucking amazing, and one is not better than the other. They're just very different, and I love them both. So yeah, there well, it is. Season three of Ted Lasso next month. Really good. It's one of those things that I started watching it one night because I was like, oh, I don't really know much about soccer or football. Um, and it was on Apple TV and I had like a free trial. So I was like, I'm going to check this out. And I like downed the whole first season in like three hours. And I was like, this is great. Why aren't more people talking about this show? It's funny oh, and kind of heartfelt. People love and, it. I've yeah. not seen it, but people fucking love Ted Lasso. Like in a way that I would have never imagined a show about soccer yeah. would take off in this country. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, you can't have a favorite character because everyone is your favorite character. Very true. I think um, Apple TV has kind of been slept on because they have really good programming. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I said that um, Servant is really good, M. Night's Baby with my Juan Juan. Yeah. Um, Ted Lasso is really good. And we've covered Foundation. We have, which is coming back. Do you, have you started uh, shrinking yet, Eric? No, I was going to start it, and then Picard started, so I need to start that, because the final season of Picard. Hey, 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 shush, shush, shush. I haven't started. I want to see all my friends. Um, So that is that has been your TED talk, um, your TED and House of the Dragon talk. Um, But I'm pretty sure you've seen and heard all about these these shows already. I'm continuing with Al. Um, Anyways, nothing huge for the grab bag session this time, but if you need any new episode suggestions from your um, back catalog, then hit me up. We always need suggestions. We We always want them because... You know, we want to we want to talk about the things you guys want to hear about. We so I'll keep it coming as always. Thank you. Other than that, I missed you guys. We missed you as well. And um, I'm sending lots of good vibes for February. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And thank Yay. you for that message. All right, guys. Well, listen, we just got a little bit of production news um, on Compass Saucer. The group's going to, well, they took the night off to regroup, but they'll be back with Manera continuing the group's coverage of Hulu's Extraordinary, recapping episodes three and four. And then next week, Marvel returns for us here on Concentrated. Uh, and with the start of phase five, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, as you guys kind of already heard, it's dropped. People have started seeing it. I haven't seen it yet. I need to go see it. Uh, but we are going to be bringing you all of our thoughts and theories for this next phase in Marvel history, as well as our review of the movie. So if you guys have already checked it out, because we'll be recording it like literally tomorrow um if you've got thoughts definitely send them to us or feedback or whatever you want to just let us know what you thought about it is fine uh you can do that via email our email is concentratedpodcast at gmail.com or you can drop us a message on our facebook page which is concentrated podcast 
Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram, uh, where you can send us messages, DMs, you know, tag us, what have you on there as well. Uh, our handle on both is at Concentrated Pod. So that's it for this episode, guys. We will talk to you guys about Marvel next time we chat. Bye, everybody. Bye. Peace. No, Monero, you're not gonna you're not gonna say bye at all. Just forget everything. Uh-huh. See, see, I left her out earlier and she was bitching, but then I she was don't letting everybody say bye. else I was letting everybody else mm. speak. I'm sorry. Bye guys. Whatever. Shut up.